welcome everybody to Beyond the Pew. Welcome, we're welcome. back. We're yeah, back. Eric, episode Eric. what? Um, 18, 19? Nope. nope, I think this is episode 20 now. 20? Think, yeah. Wow, we've been doing this for two centuries in dates. Two centuries? In dates. Decades. Two decades. Because a uh, century would be 100. Maybe one day. But a decade would be 10. Two so. decades. Okay, so two decades. Two decades. We're really getting there. We are getting there. Yeah, you I, seem like a chipper person today. You yeah, a it's, day? a, it's, it's a great day to be here. You know, I'm excited. Okay. It's going right. to be... Are you excited about today? I am excited You're about definitely today. excited. Look, look at everybody I, right now. If you're watching on, on Instagram, or not on Instagram, if you're watching on YouTube, although maybe it should be on Instagram, take a moment and appreciate Pastor Bruce outfit and look today i don't understand why you're appreciating the because outfit. the bills look at it it's like i have I, a bills you wrapping the bills today. you you're, you're feeling like a this cloud. is maranatha merch right here this is yeah maranatha but you're wearing merch. all blue well it's maranatha merch yeah i like it though okay. you must it. be feeling good as a browns fan i mean yeah the browns in a very rare rare form on like like a bigfoot sighting <laughs> they showed up and won in week one Wow. Of the NFL season, which really? is crazy. It's never yeah. seen, but ne- there never it was. Never seen before. Yeah. I mean, how did that end? You know, it was it was exciting. Their kicker, 58-yarder. I mean, if this was a sports podcast, we'd have a lot. We would have to, a lot. Of, have there's a lot, lot of to bold, talk about that. Bold thoughts to share. But, yeah, bold um, thoughts. Yeah. But well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's an idea for another podcast. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah. um, but why we're here, Eric, is to talk about... Living beyond the pew, right? Living uh, beyond the pew. Our listeners and yeah. uh, challenging them that. And one of the things we do uh, as we challenge people to live beyond the pew is um, we have some questions that come in or are submitted, sometimes from people who listen, sometimes from other staff members uh, that write out some questions and they just want to see us answer them. Yeah. If we're honest. That's just why, the pod. That's why some of these are, are kind of funny because they just want us to answer some funny yeah. questions. But And if they want to ask any questions, what's the number that they text? Why don't you tell us? This is episode be, 20. I told you yeah. by episode 30, what, 37? Yeah. So do you know what it is? 330. Yep. You don't know it. You don't know it. 330. It's 330-331-6453. Three, 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 yeah. 330-331-6453. Three, 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 Say backwards. Nope. And uh, so by episode 37, we're going to get you going. But we have a listener submitted question to start things off. Yeah. And it has to do with dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. So someone asked the question. It's not on my paper here. I don't want to read it because it just came in. It literally just, just came, came in. It literally like- just came in right before we started recording the Beyond the Pew podcast. And uh, the question was about dinosaurs, and the question was, are dinosaurs a conspiracy theory, or did they really exist? Wow. Are dinosaurs a conspiracy theory, or did they really exist? Are they like, you know, uh, just imagination running wild, yeah. or is it, is it real? Is it authentic? Yeah. So, Pastor Eric Gill, MDiv, what, yeah, do, you, what so, do you think about that question? So, before I answer that question, I w- mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I did something last week. That I'm not proud of. Does this have anything to do with dinosaurs? No, but I'm. Okay. But it will prelude. Yeah. It, it's a prelude to this conversation. So you want to ignore the question? No, no. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna answer the okay, question to the yeah. best ability. But I answer something without knowing entirely what it meant, or or, or having all the context in it. So last week, we, one of the questions I want to bring it up was about Isaiah chapter six, and it was like, who sits at the throne? Who is the one sitting at the throne when Isaiah had the vision? And if I recall, I said, God. Mm. But I did not consider John 12, I believe, where we're explicitly told that 
what J- Isaiah saw was because he saw Jesus sitting at the throne. So, in light of that, I'm not going to make the same mistake and answer this as an absolute truth. Now, I'll tell you what my the way that I will answer well, before, it. Before you answer yeah. that, can we just, in case, not that we want to expect everybody listens yeah. every single week because they, yeah, should, they should. But in case they didn't watch last week, you're referencing Isaiah chapter 6, the throne room scene, Isaiah has a vision. And he He's says he sees one seated on the, on the throne, throne, train of his robe, yep. filled the temple. And we had discussed that last and week. And the question was, was he God or was he not Christ? Yeah, is that a reference the, to you know, Jesus? The true question, the true answer would be no matter. But if you want to be particular, it would be Jesus, yeah. according and, to John 12. Yeah, the pre-incarnate Christ. John 12, yeah. 41, John emphasizes that Isaiah saw a vision of the Lord in his yeah. glory, referencing Jesus. Yeah. And so most commentators would agree that's, yeah. that's what it's So referencing. I just want to... Clarify. Yeah, I got that wrong that last yeah. week. But the day, to this question of dinosaur, I, the way I would say is this: uh, you know, I'm not a scientist or anything like that. But you, you, you can, we can come to the conclusion. I will come to the conclusion that dinosaurs were real. Not what they look like and all that they, you know, what they look like, how big they were, how small they were, and all those things. I don't know. There is some. Uh, you know, proofs that they exist just based on bones. You can make the argument that some of this are made up. Some of them are not. Then I will go back and go to, in the Bible, there's mentions of all of this uh, big animals, like the Le- Leviathan, is how you say Leviathan. Le- yeah, yeah, that one, know that. And and all the things like that. Um, and so my my argument to, with this would be that, I th- my, my argument would be that I would say dinosaurs were real. I wouldn't call them a conspiracy. And entirely now, what how they look and what they look and how what they did, what they ate, and all those things. And I was thinking that's a whole different story that I don't have uh, the expertise to, yeah, to give. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Would you um, say, would you, would you include Bigfoot into that category? Um, of a no. dinosaur, nope, I would no? not. Okay. Um, just because I, to my knowledge, we have not uh, received any kind of fossil record for Bigfoot. Uh, that I'm aware of, yeah. um, as far as that. Um, I had mentioned Bigfoot earlier in the podcast, yeah. Yeah, you did. Uh, almost right out the gate. But yeah. um, I think when it comes to dinosaurs, the thing that would have give me trouble to say their conspiracy theory, one is we do have a fossil record as far yeah. as fossils that have been discovered and have been uprooted. Um, entire, it would seem like, fossils from entire animals, dinosaurs, um, that it's hard to say something's uh, not a rib when it's a rib, right? Or yeah. a femur bone or teeth or et cetera. So um, it would seem as though there have been pretty complete um, collections of fossils yeah. for these dinosaurs that are very large in size. And so whether or not the exterior, as far as the skin and the covering and everything else is exactly as being portrayed, we don't know. Yeah. But it seems like there can be a pretty definitive structure put into place as far as yeah. bone structure and then what would follow outside of that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say it'd be tough to say dinosaurs were simply a conspiracy theory because of the fossil record yeah. that we have. In addition to that, um, this is not beyond the the ability of God to create, right? Yeah. If you yeah. look at some of the largest, you know, water mammals, uh, you know, you look at whales and you look at, you know, the sheer size of some of yeah. these animals and, and mammals and things. It's not beyond God to be yeah. able to create these things. And and the thing I will add to that, just because something don't exist today doesn't mean that it didn't ex- exist, you know, many years ago. Sure. Uh, you have to consider, too, that when, you know, you think of the events of the flood and even prior to the events of the flood, like, 
those were the years that were the closest to creation. And yeah. so you're looking at, at seemingly at the most perfect world or closest to the perfect world, right? Than than what it is to, opposed to today. There was not the amount of pollution that we have today, the, the amount of contamination, all those different things that you we cannot look at our today's world and say, well, there's no way that a dinosaur can survive today. So therefore, there was never a dinosaur. Yeah, and I don't know that that's the argument so much no, that I know can't survive yeah. today. But I think, too, when you, you reference scripture about Leviathan and there are other passages of scripture that would seem to to fit some of the narrative of, you know, some of these animals that they're, I think, in, in I don't know if it's in Job, maybe, where it describes Leviathan, it describes uh, the legs and the neck and yeah. the sheer size that would be similar to what some of the dinosaur yeah. fossil records would show. So I, I feel like there is biblical support for dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, I would throw this at you, and I, and I need to come back to this. I don't remember from the top of my head. I think there is also even a reference of what it could be the, an argument to, to be like a dragon. I'm not saying that I believe that there is, but uh, if I recall, no. there is some verses out there that could hint to that. Mm. That would be a fun thing to find. It would be a fun thing to find. Yeah. Um, it would be a fun thing. Yeah, so don't quote you me should try that. to find that. Yeah. You should try to find yeah, that for the next for Revelation the next chapter 32. Yeah. And, uh, Maybe I will come know. back to it. Is there any other conspiracy... Are you a conspiracy guy? I'm not. I'm not. Are you a conspiracy person? No, I but know. I do find them intriguing. Okay. Well, any other ones you particularly find intriguing or that you are interested in? I'm just well, curious. let me ask you this. As an American, do you feel that the moon was, the landing on the moon was true or was it fake? I, would, I feel like the landing on the moon is genuine. I think really? that that's You know, it was a photo op? I do not. Um, I do not. Do you? No, I mean, no, I mean you have, yeah, you think the world is flat? That's another one, right? That the world is flat. That well, do you no... say that's a conspiracy theory, or is that a, 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 an interpretation of the world's hemisphere hemoglobin? I think it's a ridiculous interpretation that some people have come to. Yeah, um, that makes no sense to me. Um, but to each <laughs> his own. To each his own. I know some people are. are I'm not. You know, I'm not belittling anyone. Yeah. I just personally think yeah. it's kind of crazy. Was that? Was others like well-known conspiracy theory? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of conspiracy theories that are out there, um, from COVID conspiracy theories. We're gonna talk to about that in church. Government conspiracy nope. theories to our our birds. Theories. You know, we know Pastor Bush loves birds. So, do you believe that birds are uh, <laughs> spies or cameras from the government? I do not believe that the birds are nice. spies or cameras from the government. Anyways, enough with the conspiracy. Yeah, so that's that's good. So you don't yeah. necessarily think that dinosaurs are conspiracy theories. I do not. Okay. No. All right. Wrong. Um, let me ask you a question here, Pastor Eric Gill, uh, dad to two daughters, Ooh. and uh, this isn't something you're necessarily thinking about maybe right now, but you soon will be. Um, what should dating, Ooh. what should dating as a Christian look like compared to what is, I love the way this person put this, what is normal <laughs> for yeah. our culture, almost as though if you're a Christian dating, it's not normal. Yeah. But, uh, what should dating for a Christian look like compared to what is normal for our culture? How would you answer that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're, they're when, they, when they're mentioning as, as far as like normal, I don't know what they're thinking. Like, is it like being extremely physical? Like having intercourse, it's like what they're like. Wow, well, yeah. Would, just, I mean, that's wow. is that what they mean by that? I mean, that's normal in some cases. Um, if that's the case, then I would say right absolutely there, not. Huh? Yeah, I went right there. Yeah, you all think it? Wow. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I mean, so, well, but maybe I don't the, know yeah. how many people when they think about. <laughs> 
what should dating look like? The word that comes to mind is what you shared, but I well, I, you have to. I would say that uh, there's a lot of different. Yeah, but I mean, opinions. based on the question, the question gives you two parts. Yeah. You know, the question is saying, "Remember the question: What should dating as a Christian look like compared to what is normal for our culture?" Exactly. So the my interpretation of the question is that is is going very extremist. Is you have the Christian being over here and the normal being so separate from that. So what is normal that is yeah, different so than how... what would be normal for the world as opposed to what would well, be... Well, that's what I said, being physical. Okay. Yeah, that will be something that you will see very often. Okay. And casually joke on. You will see it on, on media, social media. You will see it on movies, on TV show. I mean, there's TV show about teenagers doing whatever, you know, having... Yeah. So... Yeah, I guess it's that's a very the, physical culture. Yeah, it's a very in, physical yeah. culture. And so, so, how would dating as a Christian differ from that? So, what I would say, dating as a Christian would be first of all, if you are dating, I would say my first thing would be, I don't think that you should date in high school. Let me start there. Really, I don't think that you should not. If you're choosing to date in high school, then that's you know that's that's your person that my personal conviction. I think that my three rules of thumbs are: you have to be if you're going to date, you have to be spiritually mature. You have to be physically mature, and you have to be mature, uh, emotionally mature. So those are my three criteria. Do you think any of those things can happen when you're a teenager? They can, which is why if the, if you can do those three things, I know high schoolers that are spiritually mature, are you know physically, emotionally mature, and and financially mature. And I will say, if they want to date, then yeah, that, that that's on them. Now. More than and more than often, that is not the case. They're lacking one of those areas. It's strongly in one of those areas. And I think that when you put yourself in a position where you're not careful, where you're not having boundaries, where you're not necessarily in a position where you should be dating someone and opening up to someone emotionally and, and even physically, then you can put yourself in a dangerous situation. Which is why I was I, my 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 uh, uh, advice is don't date in high school. Now, if you are, then I would ask then how are you doing on those on those. On those so you would say the same thing would be true for adults. Same thing would be true for adults. So should someone get married if they're not emotionally, spiritually, financially mature? I would say no. They shouldn't. I would say that they should reconsider it. Really? Yeah. Do you see that as a biblical no. requirement? No, okay. it's not a biblical requirement. You just think personally that someone should never get married if they're not spiritually, emotionally, and financially mature. So <laughs> well, that's what I'm asking. That's no, I mean, I mean, listen, listen. Let, let's. These are my standards, all right. This, are, these are my standards. And would you I, would you fit your own standards when you got married? What would you have fit your own standards when you got married? I met them to the best of my abilities. I did. Yeah. <laughs> now my stories is different. I was not allowed to work. Yeah. Because you know, international, whatever. Yeah. No, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's good. Thing. Yeah. That's good. But I mean. We're not talking about marriage. Marriage is a whole different thing. We're talking yeah. about dating, dating, dating yeah. right? Yeah. So with with dating, I would say that you have to make sure that you're honoring God. You have to make sure that that's that's the priority of it. Is you have to honor God mm-hmm. in what you're doing and the decisions that you're making and the conversations that you're having and the boundaries that you have. And then yeah. from there, I would even add to the fact that you have to make sure that you're protecting the other person, that you're not doing anything that will hinder the other person, that you're prioritizing the other person over yourself. And in that sense, I will say it will differ from the world, whereas in the world, 
the tendency is that I'm going to date so that I can get something. Yeah. I'm going to date so that someone can do something for me. I'm going to date so that someone will care for me. And that, and I think that's the wrong view. If you're going to date and you're dating, it should be you're ser- serving the other person. Yeah. And that's good. you. Yeah. Um, I've already told my kids, and I mean, this is the, the perspective I have. Uh, where dating is different as a Christian as opposed to what's normal for our culture, it makes no sense to be in a dating relationship with someone that you would ultimately not see yourself marrying because you're either going to end in breakup or marriage, right? Yeah. That that dating relationship is either going to come to an end by the breakup or you're going to get married. Those are the two options when you're dating someone. So to me, it doesn't make sense to even start a dating relationship with someone who doesn't have the characteristics or qualities you'd be looking for in a future spouse, Obviously, you don't know all that up front, and so you learn some of those things. But that dating, I think, relationship as a Christian looks different to the world because there's not a just a uh, instant gratification, what I want in the here and now perspective that should be in that dating relationship. Yeah. It should be one of which, hey, how, how am I going to honor the Lord? What does this look like as far as future, long-term honoring the Lord with this individual? Um, I would say that we're all guilty uh, of not... When we're at a dating age and we're pursuing that, that's like sometimes the farthest thing from our mind because we're thinking about the here and now. And so that's what I would say should be different for the Christian is it should be about honoring the Lord. What does the Lord want? What is the Lord's will regarding this? What does this long-term mean? But I think our culture is filled with an instant gratification mindset. Mm-hmm. So back to what you were saying about even the physical side of dating, there's an instant gratification mindset. There's not yeah. a... What does this mean long-term? How does this affect my emotional, spiritual, physical well-being long-term? Everything's about the here and now and about the immediate gratification. Yeah. And, and that's the culture we live in. Um, but I would agree with you. There's there's really no reason to have a dating relationship with someone um, until there is some maturity there. Yeah. And certainly, you know, I'm advising my girls, the older they get, if they're going to be interested in a, and a young man that he should be someone who loves the Lord, uh, that has a relationship with Christ, that wants to honor the Lord in his relationship with, with Christ. Because uh, if he's not willing to honor the Lord in his personal life, yeah. why would he care about honoring the Lord in their dating relationship yeah. or in yeah. their marriage for that yeah. matter? So, yeah. yeah. I always tell the students, uh, to the girls especially, I said, don't date a guy that takes you on on their parents' money. Yeah. So the guy needs to have a secure 401k full-time No, but he, he can and, find no. a job at McDonald's. He could. And make... And make Close to nothing. Actually, they make good money now. But uh, so, if your daughter was dating a guy, and you know Emerson's dating, and she's dating, um, you know, Fonzie, and uh, Fonzie, Fonzie, why Fonzarella? Why not Mark? Why not Um, Paul? Where you go, Arthur Fonzarelli from Happy Days? You know, Happy Days is. No, okay. He was like a kind of like a ladies' man. I don't know man, if you were going to be school. Hispanic or something. No, no, no. And <laughs> you're always thinking. No, I'm just. I don't know. But, you went uh, there. You're date, she's dating the guy that that all the ladies like, and uh, and they're gonna go out, and he's only in high school, and uh, he doesn't have a full time job. He works part time and pays his own car insurance, etc. And he's gonna go out in a nice restaurant for your daughter, and he says, "Hey, I I can pay for your meal, but the money's my dad's." Or you can pay for yourself. What would you prefer there? Well, is he working? Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, then that that will fit the criteria. But it would be okay if it was his dad's money. You know what I'm depression made. I'm just, I know so you're trying to find loopholes just to push. I'm just like you're start talking and you don't know where you're going. You're, you're just I'm hoping just, that you'll find I'm it along just the way. Around with you. Uh, so Eric, let me ask you this. This is specifically for you. Oh, this is a question. That nice. says for Eric. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the like American church? What are your thoughts? What did you say? I said it smells like my wife drove. Oh, guy, what are your thoughts on the American church? Yeah. <laughs> after growing up in a different country Wait, that, you got to, and culture, God, I was. Well, what like, am I missing here? <laughs> I just got confirmation. Okay, Who wrote it. Here's the question: What are your thoughts on the American church after growing up in a different country and culture? What are the good things and bad things you've noticed with how much we have physically compared to other places? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a hard question. You're comparing apples with orange. I mean, I, I, our, our church in America serves works well in the American culture, but it won't work well in the Dominican culture. A Dominican church will not work well in a American culture, but it will work well in a Dominican culture. Mm. I think it's it's hard to come to like to 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 say, okay, this is how it should be, or whatever. Like, I think that. In the culture that we're in, American culture obviously is the one that is effective. In my time here, I really do like uh, the structures of things, and I like how it is. It is everything is in, in, in intentional. It's, things are not just done to be done. No, there's a meaning mm-hmm. and a purpose behind them. The thing that's hard coming from my culture is that sometimes those structures and and parameters are so strict that uh, that it can become a thing where it's like okay, like we're we're gonna let those things rule, opposed to having the other the other aspect, which is no, let's have freedom, let's let's things happen. Like I give you an example, like we will want to be done at a certain certain time, and the moment that 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 the the clock hits that time, we're all ready to leave. And uh, in my culture, it's like we're in, we're not looking at the watch. We can be in church for three hours, and people are there because that's what they're doing. Now, the uh, the negative of that is, like, a lot of things can happen on a Sunday, you know? Like, things that were not planned and, and things that are impromptu, you know? And so I, I'm i not – there's not much, you know, it's like – I'm not going to say here that this is what the American church needs to do, and this is what the art church needs to do. Each one has – each one is doing their own purpose. Does that make sense? It does. What do you say? Well, I'm, it's tough for me to comment yeah. on that because I'm not from the Dominican Republic. Yeah, but Republic. what about I mean, you? But you are, go to America. I do go to America. I live in America. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, as Yo, far you as, go to an American church. Well, I guess what I could say is is a perspective. I think that is a dangerous perspective sometimes people have in missions. Yeah. Is that they go and they try to Americanize the church overseas. Yeah. Right? So instead of studying the culture, the people, what is most effective in that culture in presenting the gospel and, and reaching people with the gospel, they try to Americanize that yeah. culture, and that's not a biblical model, right? Yeah. The book of Acts gives um, you know a lot of prescriptive but sometimes uh, descriptive type things of what have happened. Yeah. And so sometimes we can try to make um, our culture, our environment, the way that we do things, yeah. the way everybody has to do things, and that's not necessarily I mean, Paul himself said it, like, I'm willing to become all things yeah. to all people so that yeah. I may reach some to Christ. Yeah. This idea of, you know, you loosen your preferences. Sure. We'll put it. Yeah. 
So these are these are good questions so yeah, far. These are pretty good questions. Is there questions. any specifically for you? Did no. Jenny ask you anything? No. Nope. Okay, maybe uh, she maybe no. she'll text you. Maybe Nothing. she'll text you now. So let me just ask yeah. you. This would be. I think we can close with this question. Okay. What is one practical thing about being a pastor that you didn't learn in seminary? Something that you've learned as a pastor, but you didn't learn in seminary, uh, practically speaking. Like advice or or life. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to try yeah, to direct the question in a particular way. Just what is, what are? Um, let me find it here. What is one practical thing about being a pastor that you didn't learn in seminary? Probably I mean, something uh, that you learned as yeah, a pastor. Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is just dealing with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't really get much class on that. Yeah, lessons from that. And I think that's something that you learn as you go. So having convers- tough conversations sometimes with people. Tough conversations. Day, I mean, you, you, you can sit down and day. like I had classes that were like how to counsel or how to yeah. deal with tough topics and things like that. But I'd say more on like day to day conversations or just dealing with people that you know, to put it nicely, that are difficult. Yeah, you know. So having conversations throughout the day and then going from that to having to do something else. Yeah. You could have one conversation, another conversation, another conversation, record a podcast, do more yeah. conversation. I mean, yeah. you could have yeah. you could have stuff like that all, any given day, day that yeah. you don't necessarily you, learn in seminary, yeah. you don't learn but then it comes your way, right? Comes yeah. Way. I, th- I think yeah. for me, too, is some of the practical things, you know, you, you can... Oh, that's right, because you you did, you did went to seminary. You, you went... You were taught, you were even thinking of going for your master's to, for... Unless I recall, you apply... <laughs> To go to your doctorate degree. No, really, yeah. Okay. I don't I have no idea yeah, what right. that was. What the point is. <laughs> no, is, just is remember. That, is that again an attempt at humor? Like no, Jeff, no, no. Where's not, Jeff? Jeff's ever more humor. No, you it's, not an attempt, it's not an attempt to humor. I just remember that you always give me a hard time because you, you bring up that I have a mushroom divinity. And here you are, someone who not only has a master's, but you also apply to get your doctoral degree. I don't understand why that's even relevant no, to the conversation. To me. I was making the point okay. that there are a lot of things that we learn book smarts wise in class that are helpful. Yeah. But when it comes to the practical, like you had said, interacting with people, administering to people, you have to take what is, you know, in a book or what is taught or what is, you know, I don't want to just call it theory. But what is supposed to be helpful when it comes to the thinking regarding ministry, and then actually do ministry. Yeah. And and so for me, I think that's the biggest thing is is what you had mentioned practically yeah. is just the ministering with and alongside of people. Yeah. And and how much you learn and grow from that yeah. is important. Yeah. I mean, I tell you, in youth ministry, what I have learned the most is I would say, here's how I would put it. Now I could be wrong, but in my own way, my own way of putting, I would say, in middle school, middle school ministry. I will say 75% ministering to the parents and 25% students. Hmm. And I will say high school. Really? Yeah. And now high school, I will flip it. Really? Yeah. Oh. In my experience, which I didn't learn. That's something. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, that's good. It's good, uh, good insights there. Um, new, new jeans today, huh? Yeah. Brand new. Yeah, it was about time. <sighs> Took me 10 years. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, that's good. All yeah. right. Well, yeah, listen, you. Eric. Yeah. On Thanks a week- for having me, Bruce. On a, I weekly, it. on a weekly basis, we yeah. like to end our podcast by asking a question. That's a pretty important question. What's the question we ask, Eric? What is your life beyond the pew? Yeah, what is life beyond the pew? And mm-hmm. we hope it's honor to the Lord. We hope you'll be back next week. It's going to be episode week? next week. 21. 21 next 21. week. So we'll see you all yeah. next week. Bye-bye. Yeah, see you.